Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Trucker Podcast, FYI. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. It is 9.30 a.m. here on July the 15th, 2022. Random COVID-19 testing returns for travelers. Thank you for joining me this morning. morning ladies and gentlemen i hope you've had a really good week and of course this is just going to be a really nice sunny warm summer day here in southern ontario canada and of course you know since springtime and it's like that travel season holiday season everybody wants to go on vacation And now, you know, the Canadian government has just announced that they are going to bring back the random COVID-19 testing for travelers. Now, whether you're a Canadian returning from abroad or you're an international traveler coming to Canada, you will be subject to a random COVID-19 test. So starting on July the 19th, travelers arriving, arriving by air at Canada's four major Canadian airports, Vancouver, Calgary, Montreal, and Toronto. And the testing, however, will be conducted off-site as not to disrupt service at the airports. Of course, you know all the disruptions that we're having at the airports as it is. All the delays, cancellations. We talk about that for a minute too because um, Delays at the airports, cancellations of flights, people wanting to travel all at once, people wanting to get the passports all at once. Now that we can travel wherever wherever we want to go. So people were concerned about having this random COVID-19 testing returning to these airports, they want to have these um, tests off-site so as not to disrupt or you have more disruptions that we already have at the airports. Now, Individuals can get the test either in person at testing locations in pharmacies or use a self-swab test at home during a virtual appointment. Now, how this is going to work, ladies and gentlemen, so um, once you have filled out your your pre-arrival on the pre-arrival CAN app or Canada app 72 hours prior to you coming to Canada or returning back to Canada. How this is going to work being chosen randomly Travelers who are picked for random testing at the Toronto Pearson will receive an email notification within 15 minutes of completing their customs declaration. And the information on how to arrange a test will be provided at that time. 
Now, for those partially vaccinated and unvaccinated individuals will continue to, to uh, be required to get a test upon arrival in the country and on day eight of their mandatory 14-day quarantine, all travelers must provide their information on the Arrive Can app or website 72 hours prior to their arrival in the country. Now, first and foremost, why would you be traveling if you're only partially vaccinated or you're not vaccinated? See, when it comes to, to children, children don't have to be vaccinated as long as the parent or guardian is fully vaccinated. If you're traveling to Canada. Because this 14-day quarantine is still in effect for partially or unvaccinated individuals. Now, this is just, you know, recently that the government's doing this. You know, even um, people who are traveling across the land borders, you have to be fully vaccinated. You have to provide that proof. You still have to provide that information on the Canada Arrive app at the land borders before you come across the borders. Now, the other thing um, that the government of Canada has done is extended the vaccine mandate for truckers. Now, you know, back in in, uh, December, January, February, the, uh, the government um, made it mandatory for essential workers who are crossing the land borders between Canada and the United States that they be fully vaccinated. Thank you for joining me this morning. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. It's a wonderful morning out here at 9.30, well, 9.40 now, a.m. Um, so just as uh, before you come on here, Um, the Canadian government has reinstated the random COVID-19 testing for travelers um, coming to Canada, Canadians coming back um, to Canada. So it'll be a random test. So you'll be chosen randomly. Uh, for COVID-19 test. And of course, you know, with all the delays at the, at the airports now, you know, um, flight delays, flight cancellations, um, people waiting hours on end to, you know, to get a flight. So even the, you know, when it comes to the um, partially vaccinated or the unvaccinated, um, you will be required to quarantine for 14 days. And you still have to fill out the pre-arrival on the the Canadian app, the federal government website of your pre-arrival, fill in all your information, including whether you're vaccinated or not. 
in order to return or come to Canada. Now, also, the federal government, uh, their truck driver vaccine mandate is in place until at least September the 30th. So, and and that's all essential workers crossing the land borders between Canada and the United States. Now, these restrictions have been in place since January the 15th. See, when the government uh, mandated uh, the border crossing for truck drivers to be fully vaccinated around about that time, is that was about the time when that um, big protest was organized, the trucker protest um, here, um, here in Ottawa, Ontario. And um, that's what sparked, basically, that, that's what sparked that, and which became um, an unlawful protest, a Karen carnival, lasting for about three weeks before the federal government implemented the Federal Emergency Act. Now, the rules are maintained even as mandatory vaccination requirements have been suspended for workers in federally regulated air, rail, and marine sectors, as well as domestic and international travels, the Canadian Trucking Alliance notes. So, now, domestically flying across the country, you don't have to be, you don't have to um, show proof of vaccine uh, um, anymore. Um, wear a mask. Um, that and then that goes for um, um, rail or if you're using the ferry um, to come across, you know, like Victoria Island in, into um, Vancouver, and that you don't have to be you know, to show proof of vaccination. So that that little bit has changed, but now bringing back, you know, the random testing for international travel, um, how long that's going to stay, um, I don't know. And of course, the United States government, you know, any anybody, you know, Canadians crossing the land border into the United States has to show proof that they're fully vaccinated. That has not changed and vice versa. That has not changed. Now, by saying that, um, how is this going to affect traveling is it going to you know cause any more backlogs as as we're as what we're seeing already like it's been really chaotic at you know at one of the uh, most busiest airports here in Canada and that's the Toronto Pearson airport with the cancellations and delays um, caused by shortage of staff, you know, it's just like, it just seems like, you know, once, you know, most or all of the restrictions have been lifted, everybody just want everybody, of course, you know, we've been all pent up for, for, you know, the two years, everybody just wants to get out and go. Everybody wants to get out and travel, you know, and it just happened all at once. People need to renew their passports. You had hours and hours and hours of delays of even getting a passport. And you'll line up for hours and then just be turned away because the day's done. And then people point the finger at the, at the uh, airport officials and people point their fingers at the government. 
we, my opinion is we are causing these delays. Because we all jumped up at the same time to travel. People knew they had to renew their passports. And of course, we couldn't travel anywhere for the first year and a half, basically, during this pandemic. So you're not going to renew your passport. I mean, you could have, could have just renewed it. You couldn't go anywhere anyways, but just renew it anyhow. But people didn't do that either. Wait till the last minute to do things. Causes delays. Now, with these random testing, like I was kind of like, you know, uh, surprised that, um, you know, the government, you know, is bringing back the random testing. Um, you know, because basically um, for for anybody traveling, you know, for international travelers, especially, you know, all you had to do was just fill out the the um, the pre-arrival. Go on the government, Canadian government uh, website, fill out the pre-arrival 72 hours before you arrive in Canada. And just fill in all your information. And that seemed to be working. But, you know, now being in the seventh wave... of this pandemic, and increased cases of COVID, you know, the government is going to extend the mandate for the border crossing for truck drivers and any essential workers between Canada and the United States land borders. Now, recently, you know, with all that um, chaos, what happened back in um, mid-January into into early February with the uh, with the truckers, the truckers convoy. See, several of the um, organizers um, were arrested and being charged. One in particular, one of the main organizers she knows <laughs> I said this on my last show, you know she, she you know she it, was getting a, a freedom award. And I'm asking myself, how do you get a freedom award? I mean, who do you have to liberate to get a freedom award? What do you have to do to get a freedom award? So anyways, this, this one organizer, you know, she was, uh, she was going to be getting this freedom award and, um, and at the time when this was, was announced, you know, um, I guess the authorities thought she may be in violation of her um, bail conditions, being in contact with this organization who gives out Freedom Awards. I, I don't know. So anyways, she wasn't in any violation of her bail conditions. And then uh, I guess uh, the judge said, okay, you know, she can, she can now travel to Ontario cause she's from Alberta and she can go to Ottawa, but she can't go downtown. And, you know, back in June is when they're going to have this big, this big gala in Toronto 
um, to give her this Freedom Award for this organization. You know, she she's like a fish in water. You throw her the bait and she takes it. So now at the end of the day, she goes to this big gala, you know, to receive her, her freedom award. And lo and behold, there is an individual who she is not to have contact with part of her bail conditions is at this big gala in Toronto. She's talking to him. She's standing arm in arm while they take photos. Now, how that came about, how the photos came, came about to be posted up on her, on her Facebook, uh, uh, some acquaintance or, you know, so-called friend posted that on that individual's Facebook where she was not to have any sort of contact with, uh, I think there was like 10 individuals that she's not to have contact with. This individual that was at this big gala in Toronto for this Freedom Award I think it's hilarious, honest to God. I think it's hilarious. Freedom Award for for what? I mean, she didn't free us. You know, you know that the the the, uh, the federal government and the Canadian government had timelines when they were going to remove restrictions. It's not anything that, you know, these, these protesters did to make the government lift these restrictions. The government, like I said, had a timeline and they stuck to their timeline regardless. So she was arrested back in June for a violation of her bail conditions. Now, her lawyer seems to think that she didn't break any any bail conditions you know see for for the authorities to get an arrest warrant they have to go to a judge argue their case before the courts in order to get the warrant and the judge has to make that decision whether it's warranted or not obviously the judge felt that it was warranted that she be arrested And not only did they get the warrant to arrest her, they put out a Canada-wide warrant. I don't think there was a need to to put out a Canada-wide warrant for her arrest. It's not like she was going to try to run. She's from Madison Hat, Alberta. They just go to her house and arrest her. So then she was re, uh, returned to the Ottawa Detention Center. And she's had, uh, she's had her, her uh, bail hearing. And Her bail, her bail has been denied 
and she will re- remain in custody to await trial on criminal charges related to the Ottawa protest. Right, and part of the reasoning is is that <clears throat> her defense had failed to prove she could be trusted not to reoffend after she was charged for breaching her bail conditions. I mean, how hard does it have to be? I mean, if you get bail, someone puts up your surety or someone gets a bail bond and you're given conditions and you follow those conditions to stay out of jail until your trial. I mean, she, I mean, for some, she couldn't wait. You know, when the judge, when the, when the judge before said, yeah, you can travel to Ontario and she does. And wouldn't you think that, you know, when she saw an individual that she's not to have contact with you, wouldn't you think that she would avoid that individual? Even though that individual would be in the same room, that you just simply have no contact. But she couldn't, she couldn't, she couldn't do it. You know, they were, they were unable to like, you know, they said, well, you know, she had legal counsel uh, uh, present. This is legal counsel with another matter. but her defense couldn't prove whether they were actually there or not. They claimed that they were. And besides, as for another matter, you know, it has nothing, you know, has nothing to do, you know, with, with what she's, you know, uh, being charged with. Now, the, the her her conditions you know um so she was uh, arrested last month in june um for breaking the conditions that prohibited her from commuting with communicating with 10 people so like basically accepting the presence of their legal counsel now she she still faces um She's got to have at least 10 different charges for her involvement in that Karen Carnival in Ottawa. And of course, another um, organizer of that um, ridiculous occupation. He has had uh, a bail hearing on Wednesday and Thursday of this week. And he had like, even his first couple bail hearings that he went to and stuff like that was unable to secure a, a surety. Um, which I don't know who we'd have for a surety now. I have no idea, but um, that's his problem. Now, the people who had put up monies for her, for her bail, Now the crown said during the bail hearing that it would require the the uh, surety 
um, to pay the money to the courts. $20,000 was her surety. $20,000 these people put up. You know, and to, and to make sure that, you know, she's not on any social medias talking to other organizers about the protest that took place back in January and February in Ottawa. But it's not that she did it herself. She didn't take these pictures and, and post it on her social media herself. Somebody did that, claiming to be uh, an acquaintance, a friend. And I'm sure this acquaintance and friend um, knew the conditions as well. That she's not to have anything on her social social media pertaining to That protest. Now they can appeal that decision. How long for however long that will take? I, I don't. I don't know. She could have her trial before they even get an appeal, or they'll wait for the appeal and and see what happens. See if she can get out. See if she can get out of jail again. Now, you know, the, you know, the judge, you know, the judge in this ruling, um, basically, you know, like I said, you know, the defense, um, presented no evidence that her, her legal counsel were present at the table or in the video. And he said that was obviously ridiculous to think the conditions could be, be expected only by having lawyers at the same event. And then to add more fuel to the fire, she chose to pose arm in arm with this individual. I mean, that's contact. But she was not to have that contact with this individual and nine other individuals. Same with the other organizers of that trucker's uh, protest. They are not the ones who were arrested and the ones who are out on bail are not to have contact with any other individuals who are organizers who are involved in that protest. Now, so far, the other ones are, or except the ones that are still in jail, but the ones who are out on bail, so far, they've been abiding by the bail conditions. So, I guess sooner or later, <clears throat> hopefully sooner, I mean, I mean, how long do you have to, you know, sit in jail to have a hearing or, you know, for your trial to start and stuff like that? Sometimes, you know, you know, it could take a year, you know, like that. We have, you know, I think there's still like four others who are still waiting to to have the trial and, and that's been since january this is july already you know the one individual like i said he's he just had um a bail hearing on wednesday and thursday and he would like hopefully the decision will probably not going to come down today it's probably not going to come down over the weekend probably not till like monday or tuesday 
to find out whether he is going to get bail or not. Now, this one, this individual, I mean, he, you know, this is not his first rodeo. He's been in trouble with the law in the past. He's been on social media being racist. Now, you know, during that protest in, in Ottawa, you know, they thought this was just the, uh, I don't know if, right, whether I thought it was funny or they thought they weren't breaking any laws. And maybe not have started out like that. But it ended that way. It became unlawful. There's a lawful protest and an unlawful protest. And they chose the unlawful protest. And that triggered other events around the country. Blocking border crossings. And that's when after like three weeks of this going on and about a week and a half of, of, of people uh, blocking border crossings across the country, that's when the federal government stepped in and said enough is enough. And that's when they enacted the Federal Emergency Act. And that's when the authorities could swoop in and remove you however means necessary. Breach of bail conditions just lands you right back in jail again. You know, during during that, that time too, back in January and February with this Karen Carnival going on, um, you know, they, um, you know, of course, people who were, um, <clears throat> could see exactly what was going on and, and could blatantly see that what they were doing was illegal. And then, of course, you know, people out there, you know, may have been name calling or whatever like that. Um, she claims that she is partially Metis. That's fine. Whether she's 1%, 10%, 50%, whatever the case may be, but she tries to use the race card. And she tried to use the race cards, she wanted people to feel sorry for her. There's nothing to feel sorry about. I don't feel sorry for her. She broke the law. They broke the law. What is a legal protest and what is an illegal protest? You go to a protest and you march around and you and you chant and and get out whatever you know get everything off your chest that day you know to 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 be heard and and you're doing it peacefully and then you disperse 
and you go home. Blockading roadways with vehicles and other materials to obstruct blocking any other sort of infrastructure, bridges, harassing, intimidating, threatening, noise violations is illegal. And that was their whole plan. You know, and, and I've sat back from time to time thinking about it. You know, if anybody watched the news and they were reporting on this from day one when that trucker convoy started from out west to make their way to Ottawa, which would take them roughly four to five days. Other smaller convoys coming from other areas, making their way to Ottawa. The sheer size of that trucker protest coming across the country, somehow the authorities couldn't put two and two together. I guess they thought they were just going to come, you know, circle around the city, blow the air horns, have their march, and then go home. Unprepared? Yep. They most certainly were. I mean, be, I mean, being able to set up big tents, portable hot tubs, they even just outside of, of the, uh, on the outskirts of the city, they were even able to set up an area for fuel. They were even able to secure a tanker of fuel. I don't think that it was, you know, I don't think it was the spur of the moment you know, when the, you know, what triggered uh, that, that, that big protest is when the federal government said that um, all essential workers, including truck drivers, have to be fully vaccinated. You don't just get up, oh, let's have a protest, jump in our trucks and let's go. During the lockdowns, during the restrictions, these individuals had made this plan. To have it organized the way it was organized, it was not spur of the moment. This individual, she is a Wexit. Which means that she's a separatist. Others are far right. They don't like the government know-how, no way, whether it's provincial or federal. They never have and they never will. 
take it that they don't even vote. Why would you if you're if you're a far right or a separatist? Why would you vote? You wouldn't vote. But you're gonna bitch and complain about everything that the government does and you don't even vote. So here she is. She returned back to Ottawa, sitting in jail once again for breach of her conditions on her bail. Now, she and others who were involved in that I mean, she's got charges as long as my arm. (laughs) You know, it's, it's absolutely crazy. It was absolutely crazy what they, you know, they tried to, um, they tried to pull off. You know, um, but uh, like I say, I don't. uh, You know, whether you know, whether they, you know, for the time that some of them have been, you know, waiting um, for the trial to begin, you know, Um, you know, what are we like six months, seven months into the new year? So a few of them already been waiting six, like, you know, five months, six months, you know, ones that are out on bail. I mean, they're behaving themselves so far. We'll see what happens. You know, maybe they'll just get time served. I don't know. Maybe they'll get a nasty fine and time served. And then, um, I don't know, you probably heard about this. Um, it was, was it Monday? And what, and what a way to start a week off here across Canada. Rogers Telecommunications, their whole network went down. I think it was Monday. Now, anybody using, you know, Rogers Wi-Fi, Rogers cell phone, anything... Rogers, you couldn't even use Interact. If you're trying to make purchases using Interact, you couldn't even do that. I mean, who who carries cash anymore? Lots of people don't carry cash because they got the bank card. Or they got the visa. It was countrywide. From the West Coast to the East Coast.
If you pulled into a gas station to get gas, you couldn't use your debit card at the pumps. You had to have cash. If you're if you're in, in, in the large department stores shopping, you couldn't use Interact to pay for your purchases. And at the end of the day, you know, here's the other thing though too, right? Even some of the 911 services were affected. You know, and then you had people calling 911 to see, you know, what's going on. Why don't I have service? Calling 911, why don't, why don't I have service? Tying up the emergency lines. Ridiculous. You couldn't even, you could not even e-transfer money to people. You couldn't do anything. It, 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 it was as though we were back in the, in the era that I grew up in where we didn't have internet services, didn't have cell phones. Hell, there wasn't even a laptop. There wasn't even a computer. You know, it's like, you know, when, when, when this happened, you know, it, people didn't even know what to do. People who didn't grow up in the same era as I did, they had no idea what to do. And then Rogers Communications says, oh, we're going to give you a day's credit. For, for, you know, your problems. I think it amounted to like a $2.70 credit. People are like, what? Seriously? You imagine, you know, even in, in, in the large, you know, uh, box stores. You know, all the large, you know, even the grocery store, if you were going to use debit at the grocery store to pay for your groceries, you couldn't. And Rogers Communication thinks that, oh, a $2.70 credit is acceptable. Well, people are outraged. And then they came back and said, okay, we'll, we'll give you five-day credit. I think that's a little over $6, maybe $7 credit on your next bill. Are you kidding me? This is the problem with monopoly. You know, Bell Canada and a couple other networks, you know, opted in to help, help those customers who are affected. Rogers Communications is the largest network in the country. And we, and in this day and age, we, I guess, you know, we just think your phone is going to work every day. We think the internet's going to work every single day. We take the technology today that we have for granted. That there can be no error. The communication can't go down. You know, and this is not the first time that the Rogers Network had experienced a Canada-wide service disruption. 
in April 2021, you know, there was nearly a day-long outage affecting wireless customers. And the company attributed the outage to an issue stemming from a software update. And the same thing happened again. Doing a software update, update. And not even telling people, oh, we're gonna do an update on such and such a day, you may experience some issues. but it shut down the entire network right across the country. Unbelievable. I'm not, I, I mean, I'm not with, with Rogers anyway, but it didn't affect me, but it did affect me. It didn't affect my phone service, but it did affect me to pay for things. Cause I don't carry cash. You know, I don't know what, I don't know what this, this telecommunication company is going to do the next time or all those like that, you know, even legal experts are saying that, you know, this five day credit is, is unacceptable. How much did the merchant lose? How much businesses other people lose that rely on the network? And they think that a $7.50 credit is acceptable? Up from $2.70? It's unacceptable. Multi-billion dollar communication. And they think that the $7.50 credit is acceptable went from one day credit to a five day credit. How about the entire month? Because we pay a lot of money for internet services here in Canada. You can't get internet services under a hundred dollars. nearly $150 a month. How about that credit? How about an entire month's credit? That's what I'd be saying to Rogers. Never had that problem with Bell. Never had that problem with Freedom. or any other smaller um, network provider. Never had that problem. Going with Rogers. Unbelievable. You know, that, that, um, that discussion I think is, um, still going on. You know, they apologized. Oh, we're sorry. We're sorry for the service disruption. Here's $2 and 70 cents credit. Have a nice day. Thank you for your business. Ridiculous. So ladies and gentlemen, enjoy your Friday. 
The weekend is finally here. Here in Southern Ontario, Canada, where I reside, it is sunny blue skies. Nice and warm. So if you're on holidays or you're starting your holidays, going into the weekend and all next week is going to just be beautiful weather. So get out there with your family and friends. Have fun. Be safe. I can't wait for my holidays to start this two more weeks. The end of the month. Seems like it takes forever to get here. And then when it gets here, it's over. Seems like it's just over, like the snap of your fingers and you're back to work again. But yeah, I have two more weeks before I go on holidays. So, but I want to thank you for coming out this morning, this Friday, July the 15th. It's always a pleasure having you out here. Enjoy your company. I hope you join my company. And uh, there is uh, something uh, that I want. What is it here? Oh, it's coming. Well, I guess it came into effect already. I think it came to effect on July the 1st. And this is the Ontario's Restricted Class A driver's license. So that's your commercial driver's license, drive transport. Um, so tomorrow morning at 9.30, if you can join me tomorrow morning at 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. And uh, we'll talk about that the changes that are made to people who want to get their commercial driver's license. So enjoy your Friday. Enjoy your weekend. And if you can join me tomorrow morning at 9.30, that'd be great. If you can't, I understand. And if you want to become a patron of the Truckers Podcast, from $1 to $10, you go on the Truckers Podcast, FYI, Podbean, and click on Patreon. And if you'd like to donate, that's entirely up to you. And if you can't, I understand. And I appreciate that. So take care, everybody, until uh, we meet again like tomorrow morning. This is the Truckers Podcast, FYI. I am your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Take care. 